celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the ladies are all at Twitter today because Prince Lorenzo Berghese will be back. And, uh, well, he was a bachelor on, uh, what was that, ABC's Bachelorette? What do they call that program? Do you remember? The Bachelor. The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ninth season. He did not find love there, but uh, he did find love with the animals, and he'll be back again today. I noticed that uh, you're looking very good today, Judy. You dressed up, and you do realize it's a phone call, right? Oh, uh, you know, a girl can hope. I think you're better off not finding love, because just think of all the contacts you make on the show. That's what, what I'm do you saying? want to find love for? You, you got 13 women now. Do you got contacts for? Well, we could ask him about that uh, in just a few minutes. Also on the show today, a lady who makes pants for dogs. I'm just going to let that lay there for a second. <laughs> what, what more can you say? <laughs> what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Well, there was a, an animal that got on board a recent flight. It was a passenger flight, and it wasn't a dog or a cat. And the pictures that resulted from this and the story that went viral is is actually is pretty adorable. So we'll tell you about that on the way. Let's go to your calls first. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Huntington Beach, California. It's the Los Angeles area. So what's going on? I have a Red Lord Amazon parrot that I boarded over Thanksgiving for um, nine days. And I've been away from him before, but he's never been boarded. He went to a place that was highly recommended and where he gets groomed every two, three months or so. And when I checked it out, all the birds that were being boarded seemed happy. The environment was warm, but they didn't get covered at night. And now that I have him home with me again, ever since Thanksgiving, he does not want to be covered. And when I cover him, he goes down to the bottom of his cage, and he does, like, what I call crying. Okay. And he tears his paper apart. It's all shreds. And in okay. the morning when I uncover him, he's up on his perch, but he jumps down to the bottom of the cage, climbs down there, and starts the crying thing all over again. Okay. And is he the only bird in the house, or do you have others? No, he's the only bird, and okay. right now it's just him and I. Okay. So, um, for for non-bird owners, and the practice of covering a bird at night is for a couple reasons. Uh, the number one reason we cover birds at night is to quiet them down. We want them to have about 12 hours of sleep time per night. Um, so that helps to eliminate noise, um, keeps the light down so that they can settle in and sleep at night. It, it isn't required for a bird to sleep. What we have to make sure is that those other factors are eliminated so that there's not excess light, there's not excess noise so that they can sleep comfortably. So we can completely adapt to him if we wanted to and ensure that he's not covered at night. And if he's comfortable with that and he sleeps soundly, then I would just let things be. Um, Um, I I turn my heater off at night and the house gets colder and he seems to catch colds when he doesn't get covered. He shouldn't. It doesn't get that cold. It gets down mm-hmm. to maybe 65 degrees. 
Yeah, that's, like, I mean, that's kind of the lower end of, you know, kind of the comfort zone of a parrot. But that, that doesn't sound like that should be a problem. Does he settle in if you leave him uncovered? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, depending on your temperature situation and your concerns, because we certainly don't want him to become stressed by the cold. So and we have to remember, you know, birds don't catch colds from cold weather. They catch it from bodily stress, and that allows these colds to take hold. So um, what we would talk about doing maybe is you might look into getting a, a, a heating element, like a ceramic heater. And you can look at some of the different bird supply websites. Um, but they use this a lot for birds that are housed outside, you know, people who have aviaries or breeding birds, um, just to help keep their temperatures up in cold temperatures. There's no reason you can't use that in the home. But I, if you use that, my cautions with any kind of heaters with birds are only um, to really purchase bird-specific heaters because you don't want to use, like, little space heaters. There's actually been shown um, information that shows that a lot of these space heaters we use for humans actually have the same um, component that's in Teflon that's toxic to birds. So that can actually cause sudden death in birds if they're exposed to this Teflon that's overheating. Um, but that's more for like the human little space heaters that you'd be worried about. But if okay. you look for actually bird heaters, they can either affix to the cage or the nearby area. And they're ceramic, so there's no light. So they can still sleep. We don't disrupt their sleep patterns. But it helps to keep an, um, kind of a warm zone in the area for them. And that might help reassure you if you, you, know, you can't uh, cover them for the warming benefits. But, um, you know, still, still give them a little extra uh, warmth support there. Okay. And the other thing he picked up, another bad habit he picked up there... Uh-oh, well, my goodness, those birds over there, they must have been a bunch of thugs, huh? <laughs> I think so. Um, he doesn't like cell phones now. Oh. So fly the cage and you're just, if I'm just holding my cell phone, he'll okay. even attack me. Really? Of, he'll leave beak marks on me. And wow. I was like, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, well, obviously there was some association with a cell phone or something resembling that. So um, the challenge is that we, you know, it seems unreasonable to us when, when a bird responds this way to an inanimate object. But, you know, they're prey animals, so their instincts are to be fearful of anything that's suspicious, that's new, or that just outright frightens you at time. And, and certainly a cell phone can make noise that could become startling to a bird, depending on what the ringtone is set at. Um, or, or what they hear or the proximity to them, say, even while he's sleeping. So who knows what happened? And I don't know that, you know, you could figure that out at this point. But at this, with cell phones at this point, you would have to counter condition him to accepting the cell phone in his visual field. So that is done by working towards his current, his current belief is that when he sees a cell phone, he freaks out. So he's afraid of that. And so either responds aggressively or fearfully, depending on if he can fly away, get away, or if it's right in his immediate area. So the goal is to try to pair that with something positive and something favorable and change his association from that of being frightened and wanting to flee to saying, okay, this is a good thing. 
And the kind of the concept's the same as dogs. You know, if we have a dog that's afraid of, uh, you know, a carrier and we want them to get used to the carrier, we throw treats in there or we lavish them with love. And the same thing for, for your bird is what we're going to try to do. And, and this would be something at a very, you know, low level. We don't want to force birds <laughs> because they really don't respond well to any kind of force or any kind of discipline when it comes to their fear um, and fearful behaviors. But um, finding what, what is his motivator. If he loves affection, it could be a smile, it could be cooing at him, it could be a scratch on the head, it could be a favorite treat item. Um, but having just that sight of the cell phone within his uh, sight and then working up to building up positive experiences with exposure, limited time, not leaving it out and don't try to flood him with that, but just little bits at time and rewarding him for that and then getting that item out of the way so it's not on his mind at that point. And uh, you know, you can see if that kind of helps with conditioning him to accept that in the future. But yeah, he might have, you know, maybe they played like some crazy rock music on a phone or um, or a bird. I've had birds that board with us that sometimes mimic cell phones. <laughs> and it, it can yeah. really freak you out. And it could be something as simple as that, as another bird in the area had, um, you know, some uh, vocal repertoire that included cell phones and it kind of oh. spooked him. Yeah. So I hope that can help you some. But, yeah, the the big thing is patience, 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 and just not forcing it with birds. And it sounds like you've got a great relationship with him. And um, most people know what makes their birds tick. It's just a matter of kind of forgetting how people think and thinking like a bird. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So plug in your bird brain. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for your call, Linda. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio, one 405 8405 to uh, reach out to the Dream Team and ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. As you know, I'm a cat lover to the nth degree. That's why I'm happy to report this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. And when I was tired of wasting money on giant boxes of litter that didn't last, I found out about World's Best Cat Litter. With concentrated power, so you use less and get more. Learn more over at tryworldsbest.com. And thank you so much, World's Best, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. Aaron, what's going on with your dog? Um, well, he has fairly severe allergies, um, including hypersensitivity to his own Demodex canis, and um, including allergies to people, as well as a lot of food. So I was wondering if what I could do to minimize that. I've gone through all of the steroids, all of them, atopica, prednisone, um, and tumoral P. I've got them on a raw diet. I have them on ivermectin to help minimize the demodex irritation, but he is still every day uncomfortable, and I know that a regimen of, of uh steroids throughout his life is not only going to compromise his liver and kidneys and immune system, but potentially shorten his lifespan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you sound like uh, you've had him allergy tested. Is that correct? Yeah, we did both the VAL, which I guess are not necessarily very accurate, and then we did the scratch testing, um, and he came up with um, pretty bad allergies to people. To chicken, eggs, corn, rice, uh, pretty much everything that's in commercial dry dog food, which forced us to the the raw diet. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you ha- if you had an allergy tested, did you at any time pursue allergy injections or desensitization therapy? We di- we did. Yes, I, we went through mm-hmm. that for about a year. It seemed to have no effect whatsoever. And then we were going to do a rush induction, um, and did that. Uh, I'm sorry, we did do a rush induction, and that still seemed to help not at all. And and I I know most dogs are allergic to certain seasons. He seems to be allergic (laughs) year-round. Okay. Yeah, and wow, what a a lot you got going on with this baby. I mean, the real problem that we have is that when we attack a lot of these allergy issues with the immunosuppressants, the prednisone, the cyclosporine, uh, things like the Demodex kind of come to the surface. And truly, um, we are hesitant to try to use anything really potent on the allergies till we can clear the Demodex. And that can take a long time. Um, some dogs, we don't clear it. And it's a constant battle with that. So for me, when I hear of a pet that we're dealing with allergies, that's having an active Demodex break, um, that's where I try to focus a lot of my efforts. That and any other concurrent infections, bacteria infections, yeast infections, and try uh-huh. to address those things and to address that as much as we can and then say, okay, let's regroup and then look at things uh, like steroids or uh, cyclosporine because it's actually the use of things like steroids indiscriminately a lot of times with these allergy patients that they give relief, but they can set up the pet to um, break with these uh, mites, uh, the Demodex mites. So right. that is, that's probably the, the best avenue that I could say to go to try to get a handle on things. And then if diet, if it is a year-round issue, then gosh, yeah, the diet would be a, a huge focus on how I would try to um, address that. And and definitely a lot of the, um, the blood allergy testing for food allergies is not always very useful. Um, yeah. So we usually try to do more of uh, the elimination diet. So things like raw are fine, but there's still things in raw food that can be an, an allergen. Um, so I'm not sure what therapies you've tried, but whether we go with a hydrolyzed protein or even a novel protein diet where we're trying to eliminate and only pick a few ingredients and keeping it really uh, pure, if you will. Um, and that's how I like to go after the food allergy component with the, the year-round issues. And then sure. making sure fleas are under control. Got to keep those fleas under control as well um, if that's an issue for your area. It's not. He was uh, he was in Las Vegas, and actually, unfortunately, now he is um, he's in Arizona for the time being. Um, but we did do the elimination diet. We did that for about two years with the journal, um, and we we have him on a minimal amount of ingredients, which seem to be okay. Um, this is what I'm just saying, and I had to get the wall a little bit. Yeah, and and it will be, in his situation, I would be realistic in that this is going to be a lifelong battle that um, a lot of times uh, looking for the inexpensive or the end of the road um, is probably not likely going to be there because he's always going to have issues and you're going to have to modify that, especially as you move from one locale to another with him. Um, and I recently had someone move to from Michigan to Las Vegas and they said, oh, we did all the allergy testing in Michigan and you know what, we know he's allergic to things. And I said, well, you know, after you're in a new environment, there are different allergens and some may be a greater component than others. So um, retesting when there is a move and potentially going on another allergy therapy um, might be another thought uh, to consider as well. Aaron, we wish you the best of luck with that. one 405 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 
There are times being a genius would really come in handy. As your doctor, I'm going to give it to you straight. You have a severe case of gustatory horpilation aneurysis, and you need to choose between a cystoplastic voluntate treatment or orthostatic muscae surgery. I'll give you a second to think it over, but we'll need an answer right away. It's bad. But thankfully, you don't need to be a genius to do your own taxes, because TurboTax's Smart Look feature gives you on-screen assistance to help answer your questions so you're never on your own. Intuit TurboTax. Taxes done smarter. Feature availability varies by product and platform. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Why are there seasonal beers? Because as seasons change, so do our thirsts. In hot summer, we crave something light and citrusy, like Sam Adams Summer Ale. Leaves change, and we seek out the malty comfort of Oktoberfest. Winter's chill makes us want rich, warm brews, like winter lager. Then spring blooms and beer turns bright again. Sam Adams Cold Snap. Crisp and refreshing. The beer brewed to bring you from snow to sun. Sam Adams Cold Snap. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Save responsibly. There are times being a genius would really come in handy. All right, since Jess and I only ordered three drinks and split the chicken and you guys ate about three quarters of the guac, but Tim only left us 15 bucks, not including tax and tip, I'm thinking Hal and Karen split a third of the bill two ways, so you guys each take on 12%. Does that seem fair? Uh... But thankfully, you don't need to be a genius to do your own taxes, because TurboTax's Explain Why feature helps you understand the math behind your refund. Intuit TurboTax. Taxes done smarter. Feature availability varies by product and platform. Hi, this is Dean Koontz on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. You can ask your questions by calling 1-866-405-8405 or... You could download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and ask your questions directly from the app as well as uh, uh, get all the latest and breaking news, the news that uh, really does affect you, like recalls, that kind of stuff. Make sure the food that you're feeding your animals is safe. You'll hear about it immediately if you have that app. And uh, it's made possible by the folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. That's why it's a free download. So go ahead and download that puppy now. In uh, just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a lady who makes pants for dogs. It's been kind of a, a topic lately, at least uh, online, on Facebook, mm-hmm. the social media. Everyone's been talking about dog pants on the Internet. Yes, that's, like, what, that's what I've been saying. And I, I brought it up, yeah. and everybody's like looking at me going, what? I'm like, it's, no. been, it's been viral on the Internet. How do dogs wear pants, right? And whether right. it would be down the, the back two legs or on all four legs. How do you think yes. they wear pants? Well, I personally would think they would wear them like they'd cover up their private parts. But I've seen some of my, actually some of my employees have dogs that wear the pants that just cover the legs. And they're just to protect them and uh, I guess to keep the legs warm because they're so skinny. Now all four legs? Or just the all back two? All four legs. Yeah. yeah, all four legs. And it was kind of almost like a little jumper type thing, like a sleeper it looked like. Um, 
but it, it just looks strange. So I think the pants should go up to their waist, if you would, because that just looks what you expect for pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it looks like granny panties otherwise, doesn't it? Like pants I wear my or... pants. You know, I wear my pants a little high. As, <laughs> yes. That's what it looks like. Instead of bikinis, you know, when they come up high. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that if you wanted just to cover the legs, you get leg warmers. Oh, right? Yes, right. Well, I think she has a purpose. I think these actually have a function besides just being kind of a cool thing to have a dog with pants. <laughs> I'd hold up pictures here to the microphone so you could see what they look like. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> but They're uh, very cute. They are cute. Yeah. They are very, very cute. Can you imagine a little ladybug in a tiny little pair of pants? I wonder how they like them. They probably do like them. With my pets, I have to be letting their pants out every other week. (laughs) (laughs) Also on the show for his second appearance, Prince Lorenzo Borghese will be joining us. Ooh la la. Yes. What was the uh, ninth season of The Bachelor that he he actually turned away? Did not find love there. Yeah, no, he, I think he, well, he tried, but it didn't work out. Didn't work so out. he just kind of walked away. He called it quits. He thought he found true love. His true love is really the animals, and that's, he's that's doing true. a lot for them, and we'll, we'll talk to him again in just a few minutes right here. Joey Villani, what are you working on? Well, I'm working on, what am I working Oh, I'm working <laughs> on how to make your dog get those professional-looking results when they're freshly blown out in the grooming salon, or we're going to talk about how you could do it at home. Easy. Now, i got to say, aren't your peers, your compadres, your other uh, salon workers, aren't they kind of ticked off that you're giving away all these secrets to their careers? Yeah. Yes, but that's that's what keeps playing animal radio. So I, I, I have to give away trade secrets, otherwise you guys throw me off the air. So what can I tell you? <laughs> and uh, Lori Brooks working hard in the newsroom. We've got a couple of dogs in there today. And, uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't, Lucy and, yeah, and Gordy. Lucy and Gordy. Now, Gordy doesn't usually come in, does he? Um, yeah, what he wants. Gordy is a hospice dog, so Gordy gets to do whatever Gordy wants to do. <laughs> Does he help you pick news stories? If he happens to be at my feet, but no, usually he prefers to be up in upstairs in the bedroom. So what do you have this hour? Well, there is a dangerous strain of a dog disease that's out there, but it's not just Ooh. affecting dogs. We'll tell you about how it can also affect other pets in your household, too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea & Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A little noisy in here today, along with Gordy and Lucy, dogs in the studio. But uh, we have some important news, and they wanted to be sure you knew, too, that there is this dangerous strain of dog flu spreading throughout the western United States. Health officials in the Seattle area this time have confirmed tests showing the virus was found in dogs who stayed at a local kennel and doggy daycare facility there, where at least 80 dogs later developed a respiratory illness since December. The virus began spreading last spring, in fact, in the Chicago area, and then sickened more than a 1,000 dogs in the Midwest. Although most dogs do recover, 
A handful of deaths have been reported. It's also spread now to about 25 states. Experts say this strain of the virus called H3N2 was first seen in Asia but only recently appeared in the U.S., so no American dogs have built up the immunity to fight it off. This dog flu spreads pretty much the same way the human flu does, through virus droplets that are put out into the air from a sneeze or a cough, or by touching contaminated objects and surfaces, and it can live in the environment, too, for about two days, lingering on hands or clothing for as long as 24 hours. The most common symptoms you need to watch out for with this dog flu are high fever, cough, runny nose, watery eyes, maybe a sore throat, and a loss of appetite. They say dogs who catch it usually feel kind of puny, lousy, for about two weeks. By the way, in Asia, where the H3N2 strain of canine influenza was first detected, it has also been reported to infect cats. But in the U.S., they say cases of cats developing dog flu are extremely rare. However, there is some evidence that indicates pet guinea pigs and ferrets could also become infected. Well, did you see the photo of that turkey that took the Internet by storm last week after boarding a Delta Airlines passenger flight? It was hysterical. Shows the bird sitting open-beaked, looking very relaxed while being hugged by its owner. Another photo of the same situation was also shared online of the turkey actually being transported through the airport terminal in a wheelchair. It's believed that the turkey was given a seat on the plane because it was claimed to be an emotional support animal. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome, my friend. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pet. Here is the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. On the other end, Dr. Debbie and dog father, Joey Volani. We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. I noticed about three or four weeks ago, maybe even a month and a half ago on Facebook, <laughs> there was a survey, how do dogs wear pants? And you were supposed to chime in, how do dogs wear pants? Do they wear 
They're either back two legs, just uh-huh. uh, or all four legs. What would pants look like on a dog? Pants would be the back two legs, and the shirt or top would be the front two legs. Mm. Unless yeah, it's absolutely. like the arms. That's correct, because that's how we think it is. Well, you know, and uh, if you partake in that survey, you may have answered that way or not. But uh, it did make me think about it. And then I saw this lady who makes pants for dogs called Mozzie Pants. Julie Korth is joining us. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? I'm great. So now, how do, how do dogs wear pants? What do pants look like <laughs> on dogs? We can help you with that survey. So we have a couple different items in our line. We actually have pants that go on the back end. The elastic hits about um, right behind their front legs. And we have a walking pant that allows them to go to the bathroom outdoors, cover wounds and hot spots. We have an original pant made for indoor use because it also deals with incontinence, submissive peen, and females in heat, so it has a padded area. And then our T-shirts could be considered dog pants as they cover the front legs of the dogs, and they also cover wounds or hot spots and keep the outdoor grime outdoors, so no more toweling off at the door. How does someone get into making pants for dogs? (laughs) That's a very good question. So I suddenly lost my position in my company and decided it was time to live my dream. And on that particular day, my dream was to make dog pants. Um, Mozzie is my rescue. And I had made pants for previous dogs as they got older and had incontinence issues or hot spots or wounds because I didn't want them to wear a cone. And when we got Mozzie, he was actually living on the streets in Southern California and had never had exposure to being indoors and had a lot of other challenges, as you can imagine. And so marking was a big issue in potty training. So I made the original pants for him, and when he would mark in the house, I would just gently take them off, take him outside, let him smell the marked pants, let him go to the bathroom, give him a treat, tell him good boy, bring him in, and I'd put on a clean pair of the pants. And within five days, he was out of the crate, not marking, and unsupervised with my other dog, and did perfectly. And then I also had the challenge, though, it was around the holidays, that we're going to go to other houses. Um, And so I was very concerned about him marking in my mother-in-law's house, as you can imagine, how mortifying. (laughs) Uh, So I brought the pants with me, and we ended up going to about three houses that holiday season. And I would put the pants on and kind of go through the same process. He would mark the first time, um, but then he'd be like, oh, there's more than one indoors. So it was a bit of a revelation for him. And after marking once and changing the pants, he didn't mark again in the other houses. And he, we've had him now since November of 2013, and he's perfect. He's no longer a marker. Wow. So it's it's more than a, a fashion statement. It's really utilitarian is, is what these... Absolutely. Okay. Well, absolutely. But they are adorable. And I have to tell <laughs> yes. you, when I was going through the process, right, I was had a, a, a need. But then I would see the people's faces when they saw the pants on the dogs, and they would laugh and light up. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm onto something here. Well, how is um, it doing? How long has it been, the business been going? I just launched the website in okay. July of last year. And so how's it like, doing? 
it's doing great. We're having steady sales every week. Um, my biggest challenge is just letting people know that it's out there so that they know there is such a great product. Um, I do what we call Mozzie Pants 911s, which you can see on our Facebook page. Friday, for example, I had a dog that had a tumor removed, and they got the dog home, but it was just a miniature dachshund, so they realized, oh, my gosh, this cone is a nightmare. It's going to hurt her neck, and she's freaking out. So at 8 o'clock at night, I got a phone call because they'd heard about Mozzie Pants, and I went over to their house, and we fitted the pup with original pants, which completely covered the suture, and a T-shirt, um, and she doesn't have to wear the cone. A cone of shame. Now, like you said, it's also good for, for bad weather if you take them out in the rain. The dogs, I know I walk dogs, and even if it's not raining, their belly, because they're little dogs, their belly comes back all muddy and dirty and wet. Yes, and all we live in the city, so all of the street muck gets on. Yes. Um, and then my other rescue, Cody, he has seasonal allergies, and he has hot spots. And I realized if I did the walking pant for him, which is the crotchless one um, that allows him to go to the bathroom. Wait, 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 yes. wait, wait. What was no that? No jokes. <laughs> what was that? No. <laughs> yes, we have crotchless dog pants. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to tell you, I've been out just spreading the word personally, walking in the parks and events and things. And I'll be talking to someone and I'll tell them about the crotchless pants. And I can't tell you how many gentlemen within earshot, ears have perked over, and they have rushed over to learn about my crossless underwear. <laughs> well, my dogs wear pants. They're, they're a little bit of a pain because they always ask me, does my tail look fat in these pants? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you answered the right way, Joey. Um, the website is called moziepants.com. That's M-O-Z-Z-I-E, pants.com. And links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Julie Korth joining us. Thanks so much for hanging with us and telling us about what you do. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It gives me great pleasure to bring you Joey Volani, the dog father. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I can. I have no complaints at all. But I'll tell you what. One one of our listeners had a little bit of a complaint. But oh we're yeah. Try to fix that. Okay. But, yeah. What she wants to know is she's upset because every time that she has a pet groomed in a professional salon, she wants to know how come they can get my dog to look so much better. Well, I got a couple of answers. For better that, than but what? I also have some. Better, better than, than the professionals can. could do oh, okay. it. But, you know, she can't get it to look that way, and she can't understand why. But I'm going to give her some tips to get it real close. Number one is, is first thing you got to recognize is you don't have the proper equipment, or most people don't. You're not going to have the high-velocity dryers and the, the special um, types of tools that you would need to do it. So this is what you're going to do. If you got a short-haired dog or a long-haired dog, you have to do an ideal brushing before you bathe the pet. Now, what this is going to do is going to loosen everything up. Okay, so it's going to loosen up all that dead hair that's stuck in there. Now, most professional pet groomers don't do it because they get a high-velocity dryer, so when they dry it, it actually helps pull that out. But when you don't do that at home, if you don't have that equipment, what happens is that hair gets trapped in there. 
So when it dries, it's really hard now to come out or it's overwhelming because you have so much hair and so much coat that's coming out. The other thing is, is you're finding all the knots and tangles. And by brushing and combing, you're also stimulating the skin a little bit. It's almost as if you are um, exfoliating. So it's the same thing. You're exfoliating your pet skin so everything is working together. On, on most bottles, it says two baths. Two baths, that's nonsense. Bathe until the pet is clean. Until you actually have no more dirt running off of the, off your pet. And that sounds unusual, but you, you, you'd be surprised at how many people say, well, I followed the instructions. I gave my pet two baths. Well, your, your dog is still dirty. Your cat's still dirty. And use a product that's made for pets. Now, a little trick here. Buy yourself a silicone-based spray made for pets. You use it sparingly. Once every six weeks or, you know, just when you're bathing your pet, you spray that on while the dog is wet. Let your pet now air dry a good 80% of the way. And now you're going to take your brush and the comb when they're just damp, and you're going to brush through, and you're going to spray a little more silicone spray on it because that's going to make it lie down. It's also going to help you pull out that coat. And if it's a short-haired dog, you're going to use a rubber curry brush. If it's a long-haired dog, you're going to use your metal slicker brush. That's the brush that you see in the shelves in the store. If you're confused, ask the person who works in the, in the store. And then when your dog is just about 100% dry, one more brush and comb, and you want to know something, you're going to look at it and say, wow. I did a damn good job there. Almost as good as my groomer. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Kimpton Hotels. You know your pet is cute, right? You think you have the cutest pet of them all. So Duh. why not enter them in Kimpton Hotels' fifth annual pet photo contest to win the ultimate hospitality getaway? Get it? Hospitality? Right, just I didn't have. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Three nights at any Kimpton Hotel plus airfare for two humans and a pet on JetBlue. Now you got to enter before tomorrow night at KimptonHotels.com slash pet contest or on Instagram and Twitter with the hashtag KimptonPetPick2016. Hurry up. You got just one more day. In a few minutes, we have for his second appearance. Prince Lorenzo Borghese will be joining us. Ooh la la. Yes. His true love is really the animals. And yes, he's that's doing true. a lot for them. And we'll, we'll talk to him again in just a few minutes right here. Of course, there's so many ways to ask your question. You can ask from the Animal Radio app. It's a free download for your iPhone or for your uh, Android smartphone, as well as listen to the show. Or you can call at 1-866-405-8405, uh, just like Jerry. Is it Jerry? Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I'm from West Virginia. What city? It's Charleston. Are you listening on WSCW? Uh, yes, where I listen at. You guys, I love you out there. Thank you so much. I love your southern draw. I just get so tickled with the southern draw. But I know you're calling about turtles, right? Right. What's going on? Well, my daughter got this little turtle it was not bigger than well it was a little bit bigger than a quarter when she first got it okay but we've had it for like five years now and it's now probably about the size of a child's baseball mitt okay okay it's It's really grown 
And the problem is, is that my daughter has gotten a back problem where she's having a hard time getting this huge tank that it's in cleaned, okay? Okay. And what I wanted to know is if there's any way that it can be released without, I mean, I, I mean, we'll keep it and figure out something. But I, what I wanted to know is if they can be released safely. Um, you know, okay. she's been with us for a long time. Sure. Now, the thing I'll tell you is the red-eared slider, while it is found, you know, out in the wild and in much of the country, um, it increasingly has become what we call an invasive species. So people take their pet sliders and they get to a point where they can't manage them and they release them into the wild. And they actually can be a huge problem impacting other wildlife, whether it be plant or fish species, species, um, or other, um, animals competing for the same food source. So we, we really don't recommend that. Um, and, and not only that, but there's also diseases we can introduce that might be present in captivity that we can bring to those wild turtles. So I, I don't recommend that. What I would say is, you know, if it's no longer possible to keep this turtle in your house, um, you know, I would certainly look into adopting it. Um, no, there are, yeah, and you can actually check with your, um, if you check for local herpetological societies, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these, believe it or not, there's a lot of reptile lover groups out there. We have them out in my Vegas area. And you can get some good um, direction from those individuals on who might um, be able to take the turtle um, or adopt it. Um, so, um, you know, they, well, they have special needs. So Yeah. What about, okay, it's in this a big aquarium, but what, can they can they be put in um, like a tote or something that's not as heavy, or do they just? I mean, I didn't know if that kind of plastic would hurt the turtle or, you know. You I, said I, in a tote. A tote, like yeah, you know, like a big tote, a big plastic tote. And it would have more like room. A storage tote. I, I, okay. I don't know if they could. Can they get out? I mean, are they? They're not all water, are they? I mean, they don't have to be in the water all the time, do they? Not all the time, but they do need a good amount of water um, yeah. to swim, to feed in, uh, right. you know, to soil in, and then also they'll have to have some area to get out and kind of dry out at times. So, in my experience, I find that aquariums are the the safest way to do that yeah. because we often um, the plastics don't hold up well. Um, yeah. Also, the height of that does matter because these guys can climb out of their enclosure. Yeah. So you want to make sure you have um, a proper fitting lid with a screen top. And we can't forget that in captivity we. We have to meet nature's, um, uh, you know, creation. So we have to provide UV light as well as a heat source. And plastic right. is not going to survive really well with that. Yeah. So um, your, your glass enclosures are going to be the best way you can do that um, and contain, you know, the water and the soiling and all of that. Okay. So what was the name of the, the group, Herb, what was it that you called the... Herp, I would just uh, say herpetological societies. Herpetological. So if you look um, under like herp uh, fanciers, and it okay. basically means um, folks that you know enjoy uh, reptiles of all different sorts. Okay. Well, we love to too. I mean, we. But I mean, just Tonya's getting to where she can't. You know, it's hard for her to clean the tank and stuff. So, but anyway, I sure appreciate your help. Okay. And well, good I luck love with that program. Well, I absolutely love it. 
Well, thank you so much for listening there in Charleston, West Virginia. We appreciate that. Jerry, call back if you have any further questions. I yeah, will. we had um, on, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, we had on the uh, president of the African, who was it? Lisa? Lisa with, with the Turtles. Turtle Society. Society. Mm-hmm. And that she spends a lot of time taking care of adopted turtles or yeah, turtles. Rehoming, rehoming them. them. People so, that have passed away and looking for places for their turtles. Yes. These yeah. places you know, exist. Yeah. It's funny that she called because this week we've had a kind of at my hospital, we've had a rash of turtles and tortoises really being injured, uh, chewed on by dogs. Really? Um, being run over by cars in the driveway, things like that. Oh. So, you know, if you do take on one of these pets, you know, you have to be aware of their environmental needs and, and really make sure you have a safe home. They live a long time, don't they? They do. And, you know, sliders can live up to, you know, 30, 40 years. Um, and they can get quite sizable, you know, up to, you know, 20 centimeters. So they can get pretty darn big. And, and they can be a bit aggressive, too. So Really? No, okay. yeah. Aggressive? So you have like, to watch your... Um, just meaning, I have one that comes in. I think I talked about her before. She lays eggs every year. And uh, she'll take your fingertip if you get it close. <laughs> I, I'm pretty quick, so I, I get out of the way. Oh, wow. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your Dream Team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you uh, just tuned in this hour, last hour you missed uh, the lady who makes pants for dogs. And uh, quite an intriguing. And if you missed it, that's okay. You can head on over to the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and listen to it again. But this hour, I'm telling you, it's going to get even steamier. The ladies are very excited. Prince oh Lorenzo <laughs> Borghese will be back with us and uh, for a second time. I don't know what you can leave, to. Hal. We, we don't need you for this one. Us girls can take over this just, one. I'll just go. No reason for me to be here. Why don't you uh why don't you invite any uh, you know hotties uh female I hotties do. I, I make it balanced. There's been plenty of women balanced on too. that okay. you've been oh, all guy. Hell, you're over. just He's just overpowered uh, right now. We've I got know. More, you can't more gals. stand it. <laughs> I, I yeah. think Joey has already left. In fact, he's so he intimidated. Did. Yes, he did. He was too intimidated. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's coming up this hour. But before that, we're going to take your calls toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and we'll also do a check of the news. And you're working on that, Lori. What's going on? Well, there's an incredible story about a town that has done really what you think would be the possible to help dogs in their area over their fear of fireworks it's yeah. amazing huh okay I wonder what they did i don't know i yeah. hope what could you do we'll tell you. something we could use because yeah. i know ladybug freaks like nobody's business when she hears fireworks yeah and one of my cat runs under the bed we just go out of town <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but do you take the dogs with you Oh, well, yeah. I'm not afraid of the fireworks. <laughs> Hi, Aisha. Hi. You must be a child of the 90s, a young gal, huh? Oh, well, you're flattering, but not hardly. A child of the 70s. Really? I thought Aisha was kind of a newer name, no? No, it's one of the older ones. All the other shows are the newer ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of the old shows. So what's going on? I have Dr. Debbie right here. I understand something's going on with your animal. Yes. Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you doing? Hi, super. And how about you? I have a three-year-old Doberman. Her name is Diamond, and she has, um, well, we're calling it incontinence. She, um, 
will lay down, and it's, it's kind of like she potties in the bed. She'll be laying on her dog bed, and she'll just urinate. And when she gets up, there's a nice little potty spot where she's where she okay. was laying. Um, and she's she's great. She's a wonderful dog. She's great with the kids. I would love to have her sleeping, you know, in the kids' room on a dog bed or something like that. But I or even on the bed. But I just can't trust that we won't have that problem with the urination. And she's pottying outside during the day okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it's not a potty training issue. She knows to go outside. Um, It just seems like usually when she's sleeping, if she has been asleep for a long period of time and she gets up whatever blanket or area she's on, there's a nice little urination spot right there. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And so... um, and I've been told that there's medication I can give her, but no one seems to know the name of the medication, anything about the medication, um, so just your thoughts. Okay, absolutely, yes. And when we have a dog, especially a female dog, that is incontinent, leaking urine when they're sleeping or relaxed or getting from a lying position getting up, um, yes. we we tend to look for female um, incontinence um, medications. And is she spayed by any chance? Yes, she is. She is. Okay. Because the, the number one population we see this in is the spayed female dog. And some, some thoughts actually recognize this problem could be as high as 15 to 20 percent of dogs that are spayed. So okay. one of the reasons that nowadays many, um, folks with the laparoscopic spays are actually just removing the ovaries because it's, uh, thought to maybe be implicated with that. Um, okay. but yes, so there are some very useful medicines. And I could tell you my own Labrador is on two of those to help control her problem. Problem because oh, wow. um, it was, yeah, I recognized it in my dog at two years of age. Um, okay. And so the first line medication, um, well, I'm going to back up. First, the, always what I'd like to do first is to check a urine sample, make sure nothing's going on in there. No signs okay. of infection. Make sure there's no crystals that might make us worried about bladder stones, things of that nature. Um, once that's good, then I'll look at the medicine. And the first one we go to is uh, phenylpropanolamine or okay. pro is one of the common trade names of that. And that's something that it's generally given twice a day to three times a day and um, can, for many dogs, do wonderfully to help improve the tone in the bladder so that we don't have these leaking episodes. Okay. Beyond that, there is also an estrogen compound. It's called diethylstilbestrol, and we abbreviate abbreviate it DES. Okay. Um, Okay. And it it has to be uh, compounded at an outside pharmacy that uh, makes prescriptions. Um, So you probably won't find that readily at your veterinary office unless they already have someone compounding that. Um, And that um, is not always the first choice because it's an estrogen compound, and we have to kind of watch to make sure we're not giving too much, um, that it can suppress the bone marrow. We can relieve lead to problems with uh, anemia. Um, okay. I've never seen it. Um, it can happen, and we worry also about, you know, giving too much, causing estrogen stimulation, so maybe feeding the concerns with breast cancer. Um, okay. So we want to use this cautiously with veterinary supervision, but I can tell you um, that yeah, drug... Yeah, what, um, what is your dog? You said your dog is on what? She is on both of those. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, and um, we actually had her on the phenylpropylamine for 
quite a few years, and she did well with that. And then eventually we lost control, and she started having leaking. So we added in the DES, and that's usually added in. At first, we start on a daily basis, and then some dogs we get down to just maybe once or twice a week, and oh, wow. that kind of helps control. And it's interesting. Both of these medicines, when they're used together, they, they work better than one agent by themselves. So um, it's not unusual that we'll, we'll use them together for a pet. And I'll have to tell you that, um, you know, Dobermans are definitely a breed that can have an incontinence problem, even if they're not spayed. So um, oh, wow. we do okay. see that um, very commonly in these in these gals. So uh, Could it have um, anything to do with the tail docking, or is that just not not it? Probably not. Um, and, okay. and I mentioned okay. that, you know, there's some thought that perhaps uh, having surgery in that area, basically having the uterus removed, might cause some change to the nerves in the area or to, uh, you know, the, the structure in that area. But okay. um, now, and then there are some other more extreme techniques, and I can't tell you I've had anybody go through them, but I've heard of some fellow colleagues um, that pets can have collagen injections into the bladder. Oh, wow. And that um, helps to give a little bit of a thickening to the bladder. And for many dogs, that may work wonderfully but it can have a temporary effect, so they have to go back for, you know, additional treatments. And that's usually done at specialty centers, um, vet schools, things of that nature. So okay, um, okay. not widely used. Okay, okay. Um, thank you. We wish you the best of yes. luck with that, Aisha. Thanks for calling. Okay, thank you so much. one 405 This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Available at redbarninc.com. Thank you so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Lori. Hello, hi. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from uh, West Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, listening on WEEU. Thank yes, you so much. Right, right. What's going on with your animals? Okay, well, I have, we, we took in a cat. We have three cats. We had two, three cats. One died of diabetes in April. So we took in another cat that was stray in our neighborhood, big boy, a male. And one of our females, who's 10 years old, does not get along with big boy. And they usually would just growl at each other, you know, and that, that's it. And he's not a biter. He's very affectionate. He's, he's a love, really. But she does not like him. They don't like each other. Now, we haven't had any major problems because at night we have a huge cage for big boy that he used to sleep in. Now we let him loose at night. And the problem that we're having is that the Snickers, the cat, is beginning to sometimes drop poo, which is solid on the carpet. And she has urinated twice now you know, in the living room and in the bedroom. And the problem, what we're trying to figure out is how can we stop that. I used the Fenaway diffuser when we brought him in about nine months ago, and we used the remedy solution, you know, that you can get. So I, we don't know what to do to prevent that because we want to keep our carpet nice and we're getting our carpet clean. What, what can we do to keep Snickers from being afraid of Big Boy? And yet they will eat together, and when my husband sits on the couch, Big Boy will sit on the floor and the one cat will be on the couch next to him and Snickers will be at his shoulder on the armrest of the couch. So what do mm-hmm. you do to make her less afraid of him? And we well, do I'm have not- him in occasional lately we have had him out of the cage at night and sometimes you hear a little growling and then when she gets scared she will throw up or just recently she started doing that though. Okay. The female cat. So- 
A, a lot depends on um, how we manage these situations by by what is physically happening happening with the kitties at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, if we're uh, a, a lot of times if it's limited to growling, posturing, um, hissing, um, you know we've got a little bit more wiggle room because we may not have a physical altercation going on. Right, if we've actually right. got fighting, biting, no, um, where no fighting, no, 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 there's so, no biting. It's just the growling, and now though it's the the physical that she lets her territory be known by, you know, pooping on the carpet. But, you know, okay. the, the other thing is we've changed litter boxes because we feel, but he makes the litter box his own, and there's, you know, he goes in all of them. Right, and and before we make the conclusion that she's urinating and defecating because she's urine marking, that may not necessarily be the situation. It could mm-hmm. be an av- an aversion to those locations, and you kind of alluded to that. So there, it isn't always that she's saying, "Hey, you know, I this is my spot. I'm going to urinate right, and defecate right. here." She could just be afraid of actually physically crossing the house or going down the stairs or or going to where she might um, right, encounter right. him. So the trick can be is sometimes when we have a cat who's in a aggressor, um, they may be actually kind of starting the offensive, and they may be starting the growl or the posturing or making the eye contact to the other cat and intimidating them in that way. But in some cases, it's actually the other cat, the one that is actually appearing to be fearful, that can actually trigger the the attack. She does does that. She will growl at him. I mean, he can just be like uh, two feet away from him. And she will growl at him. I equate this, you know, where the, your your female cat, the way she's behaving, it's almost like my little sister when we were kids, and she'd stick mm-hmm. her tongue out at me across the room. It's nonverbal communication. You know, she's not threatening me in any way, but mm-hmm. she's antagonizing me. And so an aggressor cat, when they're faced with some kind of physical, um, what looks like a fearful response, they may actually be triggered to respond aggressively just because they see that, and they think, this is what I'm supposed to do because I know she's going to freak out next. Right. So in some kitties, and, and this gets a little complicated, some of the simple things we can try, definitely the feel okay. away. I like that idea. Um, it's very important to also increase the amount of the kitty resources in the house. And a resource to a cat is food, water bowls, litter pans, right. um, nest, nesting or perching sites. We have been changing. We have been changing the location. Yeah. And, and this may be a situation where if we're not going to do physical separation, um, then we may need to look into some drug therapy here. Um, these are very complicated issues, and, and anyone who's had a, a cat with a kind of aggression problems like this, mm-hmm. they can attest that the fearful response, the aggressive response they have, is it's so intense that um, the effect can last for quite some time. So if a cat has an inner cat altercation and they're aggressive, right, they right. may be agitated for days. Mm-hmm. So That's physically true. separating them is very important if we have any hostility going on. And that may be just for a few hours, but it can even be up to four or five days in some cats because they are just mentally agitated and then the sight of the other cat just reawakens all those sensations that they're having. So that is a very important thing. So not that putting them in a cage is necessarily the same thing because that's like my sister across the table just you know, 20 feet away where she could still stick her tongue out at me and, and, and make me mad. So you need to make sure that they're actually physically separated where they can't see um, people see themselves um, directly. The, the one thing that I would definitely, um, the direction I would go with things as far as with behavior There's a lot of environmental things we can definitely do. But the direction I would certainly look at Mm -hmm. is making sure that she has a full health assessment, um, have her checked out, because she might be the first kitty that I would talk about, you know, using some drug therapy. So for a cat that's really fearful, we might use medications that help to decrease their anxiety, um, things like alprazolam or, or Valium, and that might help. 
take her fears down so help to not have these episodes. That's one way to go. Sometimes we'll, we'll medicate the, the aggressor kitty if, if that seems more appropriate. So it, it definitely is going to take some work with your veterinarian. I, I don't think you're going to be able to fix this completely on your own. Um, and I would, you're doing some things that are really very good. And one is that using food as a positive reward. And that is um, just a natural thing. You know, cats love food. So you should really spare that for when you want to put the kitties together, when they're in a calm, non agitated state and that's when the food comes out and you can even make it a special treat you know that's when the canned food comes out um, or a special treat that they really like and as long as they're behaving calmly quietly there's no posturing there's no hissing then that food makes it a good experience and then you say okay that's enough let's separate you guys we were going to end on a good note and um, you know that's a good therapy session so that's the kind of thing you can work with at home you got a lot of work here I I, I definitely I, I feel for you Lori you're listening to Animal Radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. When you travel to New York, L.A., Chicago, and other major U.S. cities, stay at Kimpton Hotels, where all pets are always free. In the meantime, enter your pet in Kimpton's 5th Annual Pet Photo Contest by January 31st to win fantastic prizes like a three-night getaway to any Kimpton hotel, plus airfare for two people and a pet on JetBlue. Enter at KimptonHotels.com slash pet contest or on Instagram and Twitter with the hashtag KimptonPetPick2016. Sit, stay, and play at Kimpton Hotels. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner could make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients, like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry, with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. I am the family dog. And it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family. And we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away. Especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Do you know a lot about beer? Well, it's time for Sam Adams' Know Your Beer. Not all hops taste the same. American hops. They're piney, citrusy, like a lumberjack chopping grapefruit. German hops. They're floral and spicy, a beautiful bouquet with thorns. English hops. Earthy and delicate, a beer lover's cup of tea. Whatever hops you like, from Rebel IPA to Boston Lager, Sam Adams is crafting a brew for you. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Safe responsibly. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. You're hearing Lucy starting to throw a fit. They're growling. <laughs> yeah, this is her. Give me attention now. <laughs> she wants attention. Give her attention. Give her, give her a big old hug. Lucy. Oh, Lucy. It's Animal Radio. We're very lucky and blessed we get to take our animals to work. And sometimes it means they want attention now dur- during the show. <laughs> and uh, we give it to them because that's how we roll here at Animal Radio. In just a few minutes, TV bachelor Prince Lorenzo Bergese 
I don't even think you can call him T.D. Bessler anymore. That was nine years ago, almost a decade ago. Well, I think the theme of this this new interview kind of ties into it. Oh, so, it does? Yes, I have no does. idea what he wants to talk about. Oh, you do, apparently? I do. Yes, yes. Okay, you'll have to tell me during a break so I don't sound like an idiot, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Lori? Well, the FBI is now tracking something to do with animals that they have never tracked before. We'll tell you all about it coming up. Okay, but first, your, your calls. Let's go there right now. one 405 Animal Radio. Hey, how you doing today? Good, how you doing? So far, so good, but it's still early. Uh, <laughs> who is this? Uh, this is Bill. Hey, Bill. I've talked, to, I've talked to you guys before. As a matter of fact, I think I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm the one that gave you the uh, thumb cure for your uh, sore throat. Oh, I use it all the time now, yeah. and I pass it on. Thank you so much for that information. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I never get a sore throat now at all. I haven't had a sore throat in probably 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's improved my sex life, too. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, How are you using this? <laughs> any, any other tips you have, you just bring them on, Bob, but Bill. <laughs> Bill, yeah, Bill. Um, well, i got a little story here. My wife and I were dog groomers um, before I became a truck driver, and she still grooms dogs at an animal hospital down there in Florida. Uh-huh. But um, we had this one customer who had a, a Shizu. And he had his dog uh, neutered. Him and his wife, had, or girlfriend, had the dog neutered. Uh-huh. Well, they felt that the dog was rather embarrassed about this. Sure, sure. So, well, they had us leave a tuft of hair back there where his testicles were. <laughs> and, and they had it. And each time they had it groomed, they didn't want to touch it. They wanted it to get bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, just to, just to cover up that area there. Well, you know they have what they call nudicles. Have you ever heard of nudicles, Bill? Yeah. Yes, I have. I have. Uh, implants. Yeah. yeah. Testicular <laughs> implants, fake fake implants uh, for uh, those that might be a little, uh, you know, conscious about yeah, that. Yeah, I like the hair yeah. thing. Let's not go do surgery. I like the hair. <laughs> Nobody yeah, can that, see. Yeah, that's too much surgery. That, that's, that would be worse than uh, um, declawing a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, I guess that's another solution if you're one of those people that uh, doesn't want to get your animal neutered simply because... They won't look macho anymore. They won't have those things dangling there. Yeah, Yeah, you can cover up with that. I kind of think it was an owner problem instead of a dog problem. It it usually (laughs) is. Usually is. The dogs aren't too concerned about that. Bill, thank you so much for your call today. Thank you very much, and uh, keep keep squeezing them thumbs. I will. I'm squeezing them right now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. We all know pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your dog's diet. Learn more at stellaandchewies.com. And thank you so much, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. It was an odd scene in a Honolulu courtroom recently. Dogs of all sizes, even a spotted rabbit named Roxy, were among those gathered to watch as Governor Lingle signed a pet-oriented bill into law. The law allows residents to leave a trust fund for the care of their pet. Sixteen other states have passed similar laws. The average amount left to a pet is $25,000, although in 1993, tobacco heiress Doris Duke left $100,000 to her dog, and Golden Girls actress Betty White's will is reportedly leaving all of her $5 million estate to her pets. Now that's a lot of dog biscuits. To find out if you can put your pet in your will, contact a local attorney. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. 
animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. If you are a pet parent, well, there's a few days of the year that you probably dread, like New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. Fireworks just drive animals crazy, especially dogs with their sensitive hearing. Many, in fact, will hurt themselves trying to escape the noise or hide. Dogs can bolt and then they risk getting lost or hit by a car. Many wind up in shelters. Well, one town in Italy is now taking a huge step to reduce the fear of fireworks in their non-human population population. They're making a new law that fireworks in their town must now be silent as a way of reducing the stress that the loud noise can cause to animals, not just pets, but also to wildlife too. All right, wait a minute now, okay, because I have to comment on something. Of course. How do you sell fireworks that are silent? I want to go into that Here's, market because I'll make a lot a of money that selling makes silent fireworks. Really? There's really? a company that makes them? Yeah, there's. A, that's what I found in the article. There's a company that makes them, and they're like starting to do booming business. <laughs> but I thought the same thing. That would be <laughs> no pun intended. How? Let's 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 think about this now. We, yes. we we might corner the market here. I want to know how they do that. Is little silencers on each one? I like the visual better than the noise. Three months ago, a dog named Pirate and his owner arrived at a hospital in Argentina. The dog's owner had to go into the hospital for surgery, but sadly, he passed away. Pirate, though, never left the hospital, and now he roams the halls hoping to meet up again with his human. Hospital workers don't even know their dog's real name, so they dubbed him Pirate because they say no matter how hard they tried to keep him outside of the hospital, he got in to the health center and visits the last place that he saw his owner alive. That was room 404. Well, according to a local newspaper there, when the pet owner died, the hospital staff wanted the dog gone. However, their feelings towards Pirate have changed a bit when they realized how loyal a dog he was. Now Pirate has been officially adopted as the hospital's mascot and comes and goes as he pleases. In fact, they say nobody really knows where they can find Pirate during the daytime hours, but at night, he can always be found comfortably sleeping outside Room 404. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. 
supplements free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. It's Animal Radio. In the moment, all of the ladies have been waiting for the entire show. How? For, back for his second appearance, we have <laughs> Prince Lorenzo Bergese joining us. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Spl- couldn't be better. The ladies, uh, they all get a Twitter when you come on the show. Yeah, we wanted to kick Hal out of the studio. We don't need him for this one. <laughs> well, I wish I was in the studio with you. It would be a little more fun. What we spoke? Oh, maybe we. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next time. Yeah. Next time. There you go. We spoke. Uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago to to see what you were doing, and we figured it'd be time to check in with you again. Has it been nine years since uh, the Bachelor? Uh, no, yeah, it was uh, summer of '06, so almost wow. almost ten years. Yes. Wow. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. You found your real love, and for listeners that don't know that, that's the animals. Well, I founded a charity called Animal Aid USA, and I. Uh, I, I co-founded in 2012, and it's a group of all volunteers, meaning no one gets a paycheck, and we just do it because we love animals. And my group drives from South New Jersey to Georgia once a month, and we go to uh, very high kill shelters in Georgia, and we save, on average, about 175 dogs a month. Wow. wow. And, yeah, and to date, we've done just a little over 11,000. So you're you're transplanting dogs that are otherwise homeless in the southern part of our country to the northern northeastern part of our country to find homes. Um, well, we, we're transplanting them from Georgia in a county that that unfortunately has a very high kill rate, and the the shelters that that we deal with have a 98 percent kill rate that we brought down to 10 percent. Mm. And through our receiving rescues and our partners, we actually transport the dogs anywhere from actually Florida all the way up to New Hampshire, but primarily on the on the East Coast. Are there anything special about these dogs, or are they certain um, you know breeds or appearances that you might don't have in these other areas? Um, well, the, what, what's special about them is, is uh, you know, first of all, that they're dogs, and I think they're they're all special. But um, what's interesting is the area that, that we pull from. There's a lot of purebreds there. There's a lot of puppies. There's, there's, you know, very cute mutts. There's, uh, I, I don't know why, but for some reason in this one area, there are a lot of, I guess, not responsible pet owners that don't stay and neuter, but have purebreds and, and cute dogs that are, that continue to get pregnant, and they just let these dogs out, and the dogs are roaming the streets, or they use them for target practice. Some are shot. Some are mm. run over by cars. It's, it's just really sad to see. What we do is we take pictures of all these dogs and we send them out to receive rescues to see if they want to take them. And if they do, then we pay for their shots, we pay for spay neuter, and we get them a healthy dog ready for adoption. And they actually make money from us because they get an adoption fee. Now, now on so, the the Bachelor, you didn't find true love, but you recently found true love of another breed. Tell us about Titan and how you met Titan. Well, Titan, I, I actually live uh, on the East Coast, and I know this woman, Kim, who's out in California, and she's involved with Shelter Hope Pet Shops. And I've worked with her in California to help save some of, some of the dogs out there. And um, I, I was going out there for a TV segment, 
and they said, you know, let's go ahead and, and put together a PSA, public service announcement, promoting pet adoption, and can can you do that and make it sort of fun, and we'll have dogs from, from the West Coast that are out for adoption. So I went over to her house, and there were all these really cute dogs available for adoption, and I said, I really want to promote um, pit bulls because they're actually one of the most loving dogs in the United States, but unfortunately are one of the most common dogs to get euthanized and, and one of the most dogs um, that people don't really understand. So um, the, the skit is that I have all these dogs to choose from, and out of the dogs, I pick Titan, which um, is not only a pit bull, but is a, is a male pit bull, <laughs> and everyone thinks that I'm going to be picking, you know, a human and a female human, and, and I go home with a male pit bull. So Titan gets the rose. And it's a great message, a great message, because pit bulls, really, they do get a a bad rap, and especially media, and I'm afraid my peers, when they find a a dramatic story about a pit bull mauling or something like that, they run with it. And the fact of the matter is, is that pit bulls can be very docile and can be very friendly and very loving, right? Well, 100%, and and pit bulls aren't born to be aggressive and, and to fight. Usually, and I would say in over 90% of the cases, whenever a pit bull bites, it's been trained by its owner to do that. And, it, you know, they're smart dogs and they're very loyal dogs, and, and they listen to their owners. So if the owner's, you know, um, rewarding the dog for, for, you know, biting another dog or, or biting a human, it, it's positive reinforcement to the breed. And that's that's where they get the you know all, all the bad rap from. It's not it's not because they're a bad breed. It's because of how they've been brought up. And you know it, it's almost um, you know humans aren't that different either. If if we're growing up and our parents are telling us that stealing's good, we believe our parents and we want to make them proud and we we continue to steal, but not because we want to do it, but because we want to make sure that our parents are proud of us. And in a way, that's how pit bulls react when you know all they want to do is please their owners and. You know, if you take a, a, a puppy pit bull, a pit bull that's never been anyone, that dog is the most lovable uh, breed that you can find out there, at least in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, you know, the big biters are like dachshunds, and it's just that. Small, yes. Yeah, but they're just not as strong. They don't inflict as much damage, so they don't make headlines when you get bit by yeah. a dachshund or a chihuahua. We're with uh, Prince Lorenzo Borghese. Are you still a bachelor? I am still a bachelor. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. I just, you know, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Ladies, he's obviously hot, and he loves animals, and that is really the wow. really all you need, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, enjoyed talking to you, as always, and hopefully we'll do it again very soon. Thank you very much for, for having me on, and, and I appreciate you sharing the message and, and you know, uh, helping me and everyone else involved speak for the animal. If you want to see the video that uh, Prince Lorenzo Borghese was talking about, I'm going to put a link over at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five winter dangers that can seriously harm your pet. The weather outside is frightful, and you need to take heed of these dangers. Number one, if your pets are outside for long periods of time, give them a safe place to be comfortable and protected from the elements. They'll need an area that is dry, draft-free, and provides shelter from the weather. Make sure it's elevated and large enough for them to lay down in. Also, Provide them with a warm, dry blanket or a bed to lay in, and check daily to see if the inside area or its contents have become wet or damaged. 
If they have, change it out to avoid other problems that can occur. Number two, any port in a storm is more than a saying. It's survival for some house pets and feral animals. Outdoor critters and pets may seek shelter under your car or on your warm car engine. It's important that you make some noise and alert anything under the hood or beneath the car that you're about to start the engine and get moving. For many feral cats, especially, it's a warm, sheltered place that is all too attractive. Be aware and make some noise to show that you care. Number three, rock salts and other snow and ice melters can be hazardous to your pets. It gets on their paws and on their stomachs during walks and playtime, and as they self-groom afterwards, they can ingest it, causing serious problems. So when you return home, it's always a good idea to clean their stomachs and paws. Also, don't forget that antifreeze is a silent and often deadly poison to our pets. Animals don't know that it isn't water or something safe for them to drink. So take care to watch your pets near any liquids that you have not given them yourself. Number four. Indoor heaters, candles, and other warming devices can keep an area warm, but they're also a concern for curious pets who can knock them over and/or be accidentally burned by them. Never leave a pet alone in a room with these items, as they're looking for warmth as well and can accidentally knock them over, causing a nightmare situation. Number five: Be prepared for wild weather. Power outages, hazardous roads, blizzard floods, and more can mean that you are housebound for an extended period of time. Make sure that you've stocked up on any needed pet medicines, foods, and other supplies that you may not have access to for several days in an emergency. And know where you'll retreat to and how you'll handle your pets in an emergency situation in case the worst happens. It's always better to have a plan and not need it than to not have a plan and need it. Remember that your preparations and attention to your pet's health and safety is a year-round responsibility. Winter brings its own challenges, but with a little planning and vigilance, it can be a wonderful time of the year. So this winter, make your own list, check it twice, and make sure you're prepared for your pet's sake. Stay safe and share your winter preparedness tips with us here at Animal Radio on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio, and I, I'm, I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll go over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. Hi, Rena. How are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Good, where are you? I'm in Florida. Where it's sunny oh. and beautiful most all times. Of course, this last season's been kind of cold, huh? Yeah, it's raining. Uh, been raining most of the day here. Okay, well, how can we help you? Dr. <laughs> Debbie's right here. Okay, uh, Dr. Debbie. I enjoy your laugh, by the way, very much. I enjoy hearing <laughs> yeah, you laugh. Thank you. <laughs> um, listen, I have three cats, but one in particular. Her name is Biscuit, and uh, she's about eight or nine years old. Okay. And she uh, bites her left side quite a bit. And then she can be laying down and she'll abruptly sit up and she just 
sits there, and then she stares a lot. Okay. And I was just wondering uh, what's your opinion on what that could be. And is it only the left side that she's kind just of the left uh, bothering? Side, yes. Okay. By is there actual by her hip okay. and her leg? And I've looked, you know, at her skin. I've taken her to the vet, and uh, he said he would have to, you know, do X-rays or scrape uh, some skin off and. That was mm-hmm. quite expensive, and I didn't have that done, and I was wondering if you knew what that could be. Well, but yeah. I, I was and wondering if she could be in pain, you know, when she's laying down, and she'll just get up and sit up abruptly. Yeah, and, and definitely. That would be, actually, that would be partly my instinct from what you're describing, is that when a kitty just kind of suddenly jumps up, looks like, holy bejesus, somebody bit my tail, and, and reacts, whether or not they move or do anything afterwards, it, that's that's kind of a, a wake-up where I'd say, you know, she's maybe not trying to tell us, but she's feeling something. And there actually, I've seen a lot of kitties with some similar syndromes where, it's not always an easy thing where we can peg a diagnosis just off of what what we have so far, but it does give us a, a, an index of suspicion that there is something and that this doesn't sound like it's necessarily a behavioral problem. So I would go looking for things that can cause pain, um, things that can cause any kind of distress, even when we throw in that kind of grooming behavior. If she's excessively grooming in a certain area, um, you know, we would think of skin disease. We can actually think of allergies as well. So uh, allergies, uh, food allergies or food intolerances can cause pets to do some kind of strange behaviors where they're kind of uh, woken up almost, if you will, at times. But um, talk about that, Dr. Debbie, the uh, food. They've been on science diet for quite a few years, and, and mm-hmm. I forgot what you said. Like, take them, it takes a month, <clears throat> excuse me, it takes a month, like, uh, change their food slowly, and then did you say something about it, it takes a month to get the, to change them to something else? Exactly. Yeah. So when we do a transition on food, we do it over about a week to 10 days. But once you get to a new food, a hypoallergenic diet or some other variety, uh, some route you're going, it can take a month to two to really see if it makes a difference. Now, I would certainly say, yeah, there's, there might be some other medical things I would look at. And, you know, if your veterinarian's talked about doing something like an x-ray, I'm going to back him up on that because I really think getting an x-ray can tell us quite a bit in some particular syndromes that I might look for that might be related to this could be something as simple as arthritis. Um, kitties get arthritis, and eight isn't all that old, but, you know, I have seen cats that have lower back pain, um, arthritis, or even some hip um, arthritis. So that would help us to identify if that was a problem. We can get on the right medication, the right uh, bearing, if you will, if that was an issue. The other thing is I have seen cats that have kidney stones or even bladder stones and that can cause kind of a acute pain uh, where they react to that kind of out of nowhere uh, doesn't always have to be a problem with the litter pan that you see as their first sign of that something is wrong so the x-ray would also help us in that direction so if you had to pick something i'd probably start there but yeah i think we're going to need to do a little bit of some investigation to find out a bit more um and, uh, yeah, I, I definitely respect that. You know, she's telling us something. It's just she doesn't have that human voice to back her up there. Right. Speaking of human voices, uh, Debbie, in the last, just in the last three days, there is a cat that cries outside. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of outdoor cats here, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and the mine are strictly indoors. And it, uh, it sits and just cries. It comes two or three times a day. And is this, I'm wondering if this mating season, is this mating season? 
Well, I mean, certainly, depending if that if that kitty's not spayed or neutered, then yeah, he could be looking for a friend. You know, he certainly may be aware uh, by sense, sight, or sound that you have kitties in the home, and uh, maybe trying to do a little kitty communication and thinking we can get access into this home. Oh, so okay. yeah, and. and yeah, so it's tough when you've got a lot of feral cats around and you don't necessarily want them to mix. So um, as best as you can to keep the physical barriers between the feral cats so they don't have access to create any disturbances inside the home because we can get indoor cats getting all shaked out of whack um, when it comes to litter box habits if a feral cats kind of come to that front door. Um, so um, I'd be careful with that because we don't want to set off a litter pan of uh, riot in the household. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call today. We appreciate it. Well, that's all we have time for, Dan. i got to tell you, it looks like Lucy wants to go outside right now and, and take a walk. She's ready to wrap it up, pal. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> go grab your animals, whether it's your uh, kitties. Put the kitties on a leash or uh, the dogs or your iguana, your ferret, your flamingo, whatever. Take them outside for a walk right now and have some fun with them. Spend some me time with them. And if it's cold outside or wet and mushy, you can wear, put, wear pants. Put some pants on your dog. I wonder if she makes flamingo pants. Hmm. Mm. Just send her the measurements. That's so weird, Hal. I'm just trying to imagine that. I, I, don't, I, I don't, don't know. What about pants for ferrets? They have the little legs, tiny little oh, legs. Oh, they get out of them. They're so sneaky. Okay, we we definitely need to get out of the studio now. Have a great week, and be sure to visit us over at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app if you haven't done it. And we'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye. Bye-bye. Go on, Lucy. This is Animal Radio Network.